Hi YouTube, Luminous Star here. Welcome to my channel, Luminous Star. If this is your first time visiting, welcome, welcome. And to my current subscribers, give you a big juicy red one today. Mwah. Thank you so much for your subscription. At the end of this video, please hit the like or subscription button and also leave me your comments, leave some questions. Okay guys, let's get right into it. I'm going to be talking about today three signs that absolutely confirm that you're done with the narcissist. You're done. You've had it. So I'm going to be sharing with you guys three signs to reflect that and also going to be ending that video with, or this video with three effective tools that will help you to remain focused on your own life versus the narcissist's life. Okay, here we go. Sign number one, when you no longer have a desire to pursue the narcissist for any reason whatsoever, whether that be for an explanation of why they treated you like they did or why they are the way they are, you no longer desire the explanation. You no longer desire to reconcile with them. You no longer desire to hear their side of the story. You no longer desire their acceptance, their validation. You're no longer seeking them out to help you gain closure. The last one is very important. Guys, it took me some time to get to that point, but it's very well worth it and it's very effective when you apply that to your life, okay? When you get to that point, when you're no longer pursuing, even for, I mean, because we all want closure, but when you're not pursuing the narcissist for closure, guys, that's big. That's a breakthrough because you realize that you never needed the narcissist at all. To gain closure. You never needed them. You never needed him or her. You never needed that person. We just desired the acceptance. We wanted the narcissist to really see us. We really wanted their love, respect, acceptance, so on and so on. So we thought, well, we can at least get closure. Now that the relationship has fallen apart or is over, okay. For whatever reason, that relationship has resumed. It's over. So you want closure. That's understandable. But you don't need the narcissist to get the closure. That's what we desire. Okay? So once you get to that part, when you get to that point and get to the part of your life and your healing where you're like, you know what? I don't need the narcissist to get closure. I never did. I never needed them for that. I just desired. That was part of my still holding on to them. Whether it's a family member, whether it's a coworker, whether it's a uh, best friend or someone that you thought was a best friend, but they're a narcissist so that, you know, the relationship was really toxic. So they really weren't your real friend in the first place. But anyway, uh, yeah, you just get to that point where you no longer desire anything from the narcissist not even the closure. You don't even seek them out to help you gain closure. You can get that all on your own by building a support base for yourself. Okay, so build a support base for yourself, which leads me on to tool number one. Okay, tool number one is, remember, your life has purpose. So if there's no other reason for you not to pursue that narcissist, let it be for that reason alone. It's because your life has purpose. You deserve some sanity, peace of mind. You deserve a great life, don't you? You're breathing, right? 
you're on the planet. So if for no other reason, let that be the reason that you don't pursue the narcissist. It's because your life has purpose. So build a support base for yourself to gain closure, all right? Sign number two. Sign number two is you know, well, it just pretty much says, well, I'm done, I've had it, I'm out of here, right? Or if the narcissist has walked out and they, they're playing those games again, right? We all know the games that they play. They walk away and they give the silent treatment. And sometimes that goes on for weeks, if not months. However, the relationship is over now. You no longer have that toxicity in your life. So sign number two, sign number two is that you're done with the narcissist and that reflects that you're done with them. Sign number two is you no longer are interested in reinvesting. But see, let me make sure I come up with the right words or the words that you really can resonate with. You're no longer desiring or pursuing the narcissist to reinvest. I think that's a great word. You're not going to sue, uh, you know, pursue them <laughs> to reinvest, right, in a toxic relationship. Because those are the only types of relationships that narcissists have. They're toxic. So you're not pursuing them to have another toxic relationship. What sense does that make, right? You really don't desire that anymore. So sign number two that you're done with the narcissist is that you're no longer interested in reinvesting in a toxic relationship with the narcissist. You're not interested. You're not there. You're, you're out of here. It's like, hey, I'm packing my stuff. I'm out. Or I'm walking away. I, you know, I'm out of here. I've had it. So tool number two to, to sign number two is remember that you're not responsible for the narcissist's well-being. You're not responsible. So you're not interested in reinvesting in the toxic relationship. You're not responsible for rescuing the narcissist or saving them. You're not, you're, I mean, you're not responsible, right? So even more reason to make sure that you don't pursue them to reinvest because you think that they need you somehow because you have to rescue them. You have to save them from, them, from themselves. No, you don't. And guys, it took me some time to, to get to that point. Everything that I'm sharing with you today, I've experienced. I've experienced. So the tools are those tools that I have applied to my life that absolutely I found to be effective to help me stay focused on my own life versus the narcissist. So again, sign, or actually tool number two, remember, you're not responsible. You're not responsible for the narcissist's well-being. You don't have to rescue them. Okay, so sign number three, that you're done, you're, you're, I mean, you're done <laughs> with the narcissist, is that you no longer make yourself emotionally available to them. Sometimes even physically, right? You're not available to them anymore. Not emotionally. So whenever they try to suck you in, right? It's always a, some type of drama or chaos with the narcissist, right? So they want to suck you in and they want to drag you in and they want to just, they want you to listen to how badly they think their lives suck. 
They may be on the brink of losing a lot of money. They may be on the brink of losing yet another job or they, they, it looks like they may not be getting that promotion. Whatever the crisis is, right? They're dragging you in because they want to project. That's the key word. Narcissists, they like to project their stuff on other people. So when they start luring you in or you know, dragging you in or, or pulling you in so they can dump their stuff on you, so they can project all of this stuff that they really don't want to deal with because they don't want to be responsible and they try to put that on you, no, you're going to be like a gray rock. You're no longer emotionally invested. So you're not going to become all emotional and get wrapped up in their story or the chaos of the month or for that week, <laughs> okay? So you're no longer emotionally invested. You're no longer emotionally available, sometimes even physically available to the narcissist. So sometimes you may have to really be like that gray rock. So when they start talking about all of their stuff, you're kind of like, wow, so what is your plan to handle that? They might be floored by your response. And you're not going to react, by the way. Narcissists know the difference between reaction and response. Because there is a, a difference. Response is when you critically think and then you express yourself. When you react, you're not critically thinking. Most of the time, we're not thinking. We get our emotions all in it. You know, we just emotionally we're all over the place. And that is what the narcissist absolutely wants. So instead of reacting, start responding more often if you have to deal with the narcissist for whatever reason. So physically, it might be a little bit difficult, but emotionally, it is vital that you start detaching emotionally. You're going to be like that gray rock. You're not going to become emotionally invested, which leads me to tool number three, the final tool. That is, remember, it is vital to discontinue making an emotionally invested or to become invested emotionally with the narcissist. So you want to discontinue. So tool number three is discontinue. Discontinue becoming emotionally invested with the narcissist. Just discontinue. Now I get that certain situations, it may make it a little bit more difficult because some of us are married to them. Some of us have children. You know, some of these are family members. I get it. I get it. I've experienced some of that, by the way. So I, I know, I know how difficult it is, but it's not impossible. It is not impossible. In this video, I'm not going to get deep into that, but I just wanted to share those three signs and those three tools with you. And guys, until next time, take care of yourself. And again, I hope that this video inspires and motivates you to at least reevaluate your relationship with the narcissist. Because again, it really is a toxic relationship. So some of us who are currently in those relationships, again, my heart out to you. And I really hope that you, this video has inspired you or motivated you to at least reevaluate your relationship with the narcissist. For those of us who have decided we're going to, you know, the relationship is kaput, is over, and we've started to move on, may this video inspire you and motivate you to continue to move on, continue to focus on your own life. What are your standards? What are your values? What are your priorities? Make sure that you're the center 
of your life instead of the narcissist being the center of it. I hope you enjoyed this video. Until next time, stay tuned for more. Bye now. Luminous star, welcome to the channel. All of my stars, mwah, thank you so much for your subscription and thank you for motivating me to thrive forward. Also, want to give a special shout out to my stars for inspiring me to keep this channel Luminous Star active. There's a lot of things that we all go through, there's a lot of challenges that we face. When you are with a cluster personality or a narcissist, whether that's your family, your friend, a co worker, uh, what have you, the bottom line is. That relationship absolutely serves a purpose, but it's up to you to find out what that purpose is. You know, because it took me quite a while to figure out what the purpose of certain relationships were, especially when they were very painful. When a person is in a dysfunctional relationship with a narcissist or a cluster personality, it is very hard to figure out what the purpose of that relationship is, but it's there. Another thing I want to share with you, is that there's a lot of valuable lessons to learn via painful experiences. Easier said than done. Because when we're right in the middle of it, we don't think about, and we don't want to think about, what's the purpose of this relationship? What's the lesson in it, right? But I'm here to tell you from experience, there is always a lesson in there. There's always a silver lining in a so cloud. I just want to encourage you to find the good in the goodbye, and to find the silver lining in every cloud that you may have right now. All right, right now, there are certain challenges that I face. There are certain challenges that you face. Again, the bottom line is, there's always the good and a goodbye. There is always a silver lining and a cloud. It just has to be found. Sometimes that's via getting with somebody else and they say something and it's like I have an aha moment and it's like, yep, that's the answer or that will help me to resolve the issue. When a person doesn't attempt to resolve the issue, usually from my experience, they're just focused on the problem and they're not seeing it as a challenge to grow. Okay. In other words, become your own problem solver. That will actually build your confidence and trusting yourself and trusting your own intuitiveness because you're saying to yourself, you know what? I can solve that problem. Even if I have to get with somebody else to get some help, I can still resolve that issue instead of looking at it as it's a problem and it's bigger than me and I'm stuck in the sunken place. So I just wanted to share that with you all. I am heading out for my day. And on that note, let me grab my coat. Ooh, oh yeah, it is going to be a long day, but things have to get done. And on that note, I wish you all a great day or a great night. Don't forget to are. check out the description box below for more details. And don't forget to like and share this video. I will see you guys a little bit later. All right?
Miss Star. Welcome to the channel. Welcome to another episode. Okay, now today I'm going to be talking to you all about uh, the second place is not your home. Now, there are several signs to look for when a narcissist tries to uh, pull a telekinesis. In other words, they're trying to alter your reality, but they want you to buy theirs, right? They want you to buy their perspective of the reality, which means that they are in control and you're just a little squirrel, you know, in their world, right? Okay, so uh, sign number one that they're pulling the telekinesis, uh, they will do the NLP or neuro-linguistic programming. In other words, they will play with your mind. Sign number two, they will gaslight. They will use gaslighting techniques. Okay, sign number three, smear campaigning. Uh, another sign, they will rewrite the script. Okay, sign, the next sign is that you will find that it will seem like you're in a parallel reality. And the last sign that they're pulling the telekinesis is that they will falsely accuse or use false accusations to throw you off your square. All right, so uh, when they're trying to alter your reality or manipulate reality, please look out for those signs. Now, usually they want to stay in control, so narcissists and some custody personality types, they will pull these things, they will pull these shenanigans, and all of these, of course, are, you know, they can be very cruel because before you know it, you're questioning not only your reality, but you're, question, you're questioning your sanity. Okay, so uh, a lot of narcissists, they will uh, seem to want their targets to be frozen in time, which is another um, result of pulling a telekinesis. Because once the person uh, thinks that the narcissist is in control of their reality and everybody else's reality, then, you know, they can be frozen in time. They can forget about their own life because they're trying to please the narcissist. So, you know, watch out for that. A lot of narcissists, when they try to hoover a person back in, what's the first place they're going to check? It's in the sunken place. Okay, so remember, the sunken place is not your home. But narcissists want you to believe that this is your home. This is often why they will knock down the personal boundaries first. Because they want to be in control. Just notice how they seem to be in the past. Okay, they, they just, you know, again, this is the uh, frozen in time effect. They will stay in the past and they'll try to drag you back into the past because certain things from the past they can't seem to forget. They can't seem to let go of. They don't seem to realize that time goes on and people can change and sometimes people grow up. But narcissists and some cluster personality types, they remain under arrested development or childlike as time you know, go on. So watch out for these maligning tactics, uh, you know, which can cause emotional and or psychological trauma or issues down the road. So you don't want them to have you thinking or questioning your sanity, you know, because after they pull certain shenanigans to stay into the uh, control, well, then you're questioning not only your, your sanity, but your reality. Okay, so truth versus their truth. This is a big one because narcissists that pull a telekinesis or they try to alter the reality, they want you to stay in the sunken place even after the relationship is over. So uh, watch out for that. And when they talk about what their truth is, this means that they have, um, well, I'll put it like this. This means that they have not only rewritten the script. See, when narcissists and cluster personality types talk about their truth, they mean really what they mean is that they have flipped the script they have altered the script 
okay? They have rewritten the script, right? <laughs> they have a false image they have created of you. And they don't care how many years it's been. They expect you to be that same person that they have created in their minds. See, narcissists and some plus B personality types, they will rewrite a script. Therefore, they will keep that narrative that they had years ago of you. And if you don't play that role, which is usually a dysfunctional role, then they will show that they, they're very displeased. They may even pull a narcissistic rage tactic just to get you back in line. In other words, they will try to keep control. But this also reflects that when their false image is challenged and they pull these tactics, unfortunately, people can suffer trauma and emotional, um, you know, just emotionally they can suffer, psychologically they can suffer, and even financially, because some narcissists will financially misuse other people, okay? They can have some money stashed away somewhere, but they'll try to, you know, use other people's money. And this is another way that they will alter the reality or pull a telekinesis, because they want you to think that they're victims. They want you to think that they don't have money of their own, so they'll go through your bank account. So you may want to start to challenge yourself to look at a different perspective. And that is to say that, no, what you're going through is crazy. You're not crazy. Okay, so narcissists and some cluster B personality types, they will create those false images as a defense mechanism. Okay, or as a survival mechanism. Because their truth, that means that's all that matters. They don't care about the truth. So narcissists, you know, they seem not to allow embarrassment, shame, guilt, or humbleness to be experienced under any circumstances. Okay, so you might want to go ahead and keep these in mind and remember that the sunken place is not your home, but actually it may be the narcissist's home. Tool number one, take off the rose-colored glasses. Be patient with yourself as you practice mindfulness. Okay, accept that you are changing. Understand that they may never change. Tool number two, remember that narcissistic personality thrives on control. Don't engage, detach. Find the value in detaching. Learn when and how to detach from narcissists. Tool number three, don't put pressure on yourself to bring peace into the narcissistic codependent relationship. Okay, uh, seek to break habits that can keep you stuck. You don't want to stay in the sunken place. Remember, the sunken place is not your home, but it actually may be the narcissist's home. I'm Luminous Star. Remember that you are also a Luminous Star. And stay tuned for more episodes. Stay tuned for more videos and podcasts. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other.
ultimate silent treatment is covert narcissism because you're being secretly mistreated and you're also emotionally being blackmailed to keep their secret. Covert narcissism, I've heard it said, can be one of the worst types of pathological narcissism there tends to be, which I can kind of see that. And from personal experience, I can tell you, when you suffer in silence, it's a very vicious cycle because you want to tell, but at the same time, the person who is mistreating you, you don't want to harm them. You don't want to hurt them, but they're bringing you harm. It's a very vicious cycle. Covert narcissism can be a very vicious cycle in and of itself. You know, a lot of narcissists and some cluster personality types, they like to keep that vicious cycle of narcissistic abuse going, which is idealization, devaluation, and discard. But within all of that, there's another wheel that's turning, and that is covert narcissism. when you are suffering in silence that's a clear indication well really to you from people who are on the outside looking in it may not be as apparent but it begins to become apparent to you that you're suffering in silence because you are emotionally being blackmailed to keep the covert narcissist dark and dirty secret that they are mistreating you roles, codependence, doormats, flying monkeys, sexual rebounds, enablers, scapegoats, emotional punching bag, human wastebasket. See, all of these are dysfunctional roles that the narcissist and or cluster personality emotionally manipulates others to play as they reenact their childhood trauma or unresolved We're being challenged all over the world to take a deeper look inside, to dive a little deeper, okay? We're recognizing certain things. Triggering is one of the things that some of us are feeling more lately. Okay, so being triggered by narcissists or cluster personality types that are in your life a little bit more lately than usual, right? Okay, been there, done that. But a lot of us are experiencing this right now. So during this quarantine or quarantine, this is the time, right, to clear out some things. So that's going to mean taking off the rose-colored glasses. That's going to mean recognizing certain things, old familiar patterns that are no longer serving you, okay? This is energetically draining, heavy on the heart, on the mind, and on the spirit. 
So when the trigger happens, that's the purpose of that. It is not advocating that anyone be mistreated. It is, this is not to advocate or say it's okay that your partner may be mistreating you in such a way. That means we're gonna have to come face to face with our shadow. This means that certain people will prove to be a vessel or to be the catalyst of unnecessary change. There are two dynamics that prove to be the bloodline or the lifeline that keeps narcissistic codependent relationships alive. That is change and control. Whenever you try to change your partner and they're trying to control you, change and control, those two dynamics keep you locked or stuck in a sunken place that is the narcissistic codependent relationship, which is highly addictive. Therefore, it's habitual. I'll get to the habit in a minute. But you can flip that around. Very often, not only do partners trigger each other in order to recognize what they need to, to do to or recognize their pain that needs to heal, but also they flip or swap roles unconsciously. Say you're trying to control your narcissist or cluster personality type unconsciously, and they're trying to change you you will often swap those roles. It's habitual because of the grooming process. One of the most effective narcissistic tactics that covert narcissists use is the silent treatment. What does the silent treatment do? Well, of course, it grooms a person to become silent about the shenanigans that the covert narcissist pulls within a narcissistic codependent relationship. But here's another thing that it does. It blinds the target of a covert narcissist. It also blinds people on the outside looking in. So when covert narcissists pull the narcissistic tactic of a silent treatment, it is often the prerequisite to a target possibly being groomed for becoming a flying monkey later down the road. This is why some people who are, you know, good people, they may be enablers of a covert narcissist, they often are blind to the real purpose, okay, or the real hidden agenda of a covert narcissist in order to obtain source supply, okay? Um, this is often why we see some so-called good people being played or conned by a covert narcissist. Well, they wear a mask of a victim. Narcissists generally have many pawns in the game. So when it comes to a covert narcissist, they often put on the mask of a victim or a saint or a martyr. So when you think about that, you know, this is very often why covert narcissists are able to blindfold people to their shenanigans and to their, well, the key word is hidden agendas. So when a narcissist uses the silent treatment as a narcissistic tactic, they are also grooming a person to be blind to what's really going on. <laughs> Thank you.
I'm Luminous Star. Welcome to the channel. Welcome to another episode. Today I want to talk to you about narcissists and signs to look out for when they hit rock bottom. Sign number one, loss of respect, loss of money, loss of family, loss of love. Even their health may deteriorate at this time. Narcissists and custody personality types, they're accustomed to having things go their way. So when it starts to look like it ain't going their way, guess what? They may have a meltdown. And you may be witnessing it right now. In light of everything that's going on right now, we're all feeling it. Your narcissist is so accustomed to gaslighting you, me, and everybody else that they are invincible. But guess what? It just ain't so, right? So watch out for them, uh, you know, other people around them that may lose respect for your narcissist. See, the, nar the mask is coming off. The mask has busted, cracked, shattered. Now they're exposed. So your narcissist now looks exactly how you have seen him or her all of this time. See, they have been able to pull shenanigans and con other people into believing that they are either a saint, martyr, or a victim who can't seem to catch a break. When you think about people like that, the last thing you want to do is destroy them or hurt them. You usually want to try to help them and love on them. Right? Your narcissist knows this. Well, I, I think they do. So they use that, they milk that for what it's worth, but now the gig may be up. So your narcissist may be suffering quite a big loss right now. Money, family, extended and family of origin, okay? Their health, mental health, emotional health may be a little bit more impaired now because now people are starting to see your narcissist for who they really are and your narcissist may be feeling that, okay? So they may be really mounting down right now. Sign number two, increased addiction. They may be drinking more than usual. They may be uh, using more substances, pharmaceutical and or recreational. Don't be alarmed by this. Try not to get sucked in because some narcissists and cluster personality types, they look for people to do what? Rescue, save, or fix them. What does that sound like? Codependency. Narcissistic codependent relationships have many signs of codependency. They're quite subtle though. Okay, so don't be alarmed if your narcissist is showing more signs of addiction by eating more or eating less than usual. And I mentioned drinking more, okay? They may even be looking at more porn. They may be engaged in more risky behavior. All of this is addiction. They may be trying to uh, goat you into arguments more than ever because they get the adrenaline rush from that. They like the drama, so they got to have more of it. Okay, sign number three, hoovering, hoovering you and other people back in. I'm going to give you a secret. Okay, share this with you. Share it with other people. Uh, if you, you know, Once you hear this, if you get that aha moment or the light bulb goes on, I just want to encourage you to share this with other people. And that is when they are hoovering you back in, they're trying to hoover many people back in. I don't care if this is a romantic situation. It could be a family situation. The family, a narcissistic family or a dysfunctional family who's headed by a narcissist, they may be suffering a lot right now. So they're trying to bring you back into the fold. Don't be shocked by that. You may have an old lover that try to come back into the picture, trying to hoover you back in. So they're trying to hoover not just you, but several people back in. Because narcissists and custody personality types, once they start to feel that loss, the first thing they want to do is try to do damage control. They want to try to restore 
that sense of power. They want the fuel back. Okay, just picture your narcissist in a car going to a place where supplies will never run out. Okay, but their gas tank is almost on empty. So guess what? They have to refill that tank. They don't care who refills the tank. They just want it refilled. So that goes right back to the hoovering that I was just talking about. They don't care who they can get to hoover back in. They just want somebody to supply them. Because the more supply they have, the better. Narcissists and some cluster B personality types, they have many pawns in the game. They're addicted to people. So of course they're not just going to hoover you back in. They're going to hoover as many people back in as possible. Especially when they're feeling lost. Okay? So when their mask starts to slip off and they're exposed, people are going to start to see that they're not a martyr. They're not a saint. Your narcissist is not that victim that they thought they were. But you saw the handwriting on the wall a long time ago. But now other people are starting to see it. So watch out for those signs. Signs number four, increase smear campaigning. They may start to lie to you more and about you more. They may start spreading more rumors. They may be gossiping more than ever. You may notice that they are talking about other people more so. Now they may be going into an argument. They may be insulting you. But you may notice lately that your narcissist is talking about other people like a dog more than ever now. And you may be puzzled by that. No, it's because your narcissist is losing some of those pawns. You may be a person who has gotten away. You may be a person who has been successful with living a no-contact uh, lifestyle. So this shouldn't be, I hope it's not too far-fetched, right? It's like, okay, what happened when the narcissist doesn't get his or her way and they find out they can't bully somebody? They talk about them, don't they? Right. So since your narcissist is being exposed, perhaps, and more and more people are seeing them for who they really are, well, that means your narcissist cannot manipulate them anymore. The gig is up. So your narcissist may be talking about people more than ever now. So-and-so is this and that because they found out that they couldn't get what they wanted from those people anymore. The gig is up. They can't get the narcissist supply from them anymore. So now they're an enemy. You see? Same thing they probably or perhaps has done to you. They have done this to you in the past. Okay? But anyway, look out for uh, more smear campaigning. Okay? They may even recruit flying monkeys and or enablers that they have left, right, to chime in on demonizing you and other people. When narcissists and cluster B personality types start losing their pawns, the first thing they're going to want to do is to replace those pawns. They never want to run out of supply. Next sign, that your narcissist may be hitting rock bottom. That is, they're thirsty for more third-party situations. They already have several. But guess what? When your narcissist is losing, yeah, they're losing those pawns. So they need to replace it quick. So they're going to try to hoover you back in and several people. So they can, what, triangulate and get more people hooked in so they can use more people, okay, for the narcissist supply. So when they are thirsty for third-party situations, first of all, keep in mind that they're not just hoovering you back in. They're hoovering several people back in to triangulate all of you, okay? And the second thing to remember is that the third party is not just a person. It can be a place 
and or a thing. The thing may be alcohol. The thing may be a substance of abuse that they have, okay? Substances they use, recreational and or pharmaceutical. But there's your third party. So you may be in competition with a thing, okay? Remember that. You may be in competition or they're trying to put you uh, in a competition with a place. That place may be their, their job. They're getting narcissist supply from the, from the workforce. They may be bringing in six figures or more, which leads them to what? More narcissist supply. So you may be, they may be putting you in competition with their work or their business, their money. That's a thing or a place, you know, also a place. So it doesn't have to be that old lover that they never got over or the one that got away. It don't have to be that person. It can be the family. It can be, you know, somebody they're having a love-hate relationship with in their family, like their mother, their father, uh, something like that. So just keep that in mind. Um, Third-party situations, yeah, or situationships, they can be lethal. They can be quite problematic because they can be emotionally stressful. And that can take you off your game. That can kind of have you going on a detour. Now, narcissists and cluster personality types, they can't take your energy away. I think I'm going to do a video about that. I've done several videos about uh, how to release energy and how to transmute energy and how to channel your own energy, especially when you're dealing with uh, narcissists. But one of the things you want to do is practice personal boundaries because you don't want them to extract from your energy field. They can't take it from you, but they can extract from it. Okay, so uh, next sign that your narcissist may be hitting rock bottom is that they may be in spiritual jail. I want you to picture your narcissist meditating and or praying to bring you back into a very unfavorable situation. They're praying. They're meditating. They want to hoover you back in, and they want to be successful. So guess what? They're pulling or, or, or they're, they're turning to a higher power to do something very low vibrational as to narcissistically use you again, okay? They're trying to get you to supply him or her, and they're praying about it. They're meditating on it. They may be using sex magic to do so if you're involved with him or her, or if they're involved with someone else. doesn't mean they won't use sex magic. Sex magic is when a person is sexually aroused and uh, perhaps they're having an orgasm, and they will use visualization at that moment. Okay? They, they're visualizing the desired result, which is to hoover you back in. I know that may sound disgusting to some of you, but desperate times call for desperate measures, as they say. Narcissists and custody personality types, hey, you can practically see them wearing the T-shirt and the ball cap with that motto as they're driving down the street. Okay? to paradise where supplies never ends. Because that analogy I was giving before about them having to fill up their tank, see, they're trying to get to a particular place. They're trying to meet a particular objective. So they need to re refill that tank up. They don't care who does it, just as long as it's done. So when they're in spiritual jail, they may become a little bit more frustrated and angry. They may use narcissistic rage tactics to try to control you because they're trying to get their way. And so a higher power seemingly are not answering their calls or their prayers. 
they're not getting that result. See, they're looking to a higher power to do something very low. Now, to a narcissist and cluster personality type, that does not look like something that would be unnatural. Desperate times call for desperate measures, as your narcissist may say. So they may even try to gaslight you into uh, believing that they had to treat you the way that they did. So they're praying and they're meditating and they may be reaching out to their ancestors. Oh yeah, they may be using divination and occultism and dark arts and black magic and everything else, white magic. They may be doing all those things to try to pull you back in because they're trying to get what? The narcissistic supply. So spiritual jail is probably where your narcissist is right now. And I'm not saying I know this for certain. I'm just saying it, it, that may be the case. So narcissists and some cluster personality types, uh, yeah, they they will do that. Just picture, you know, here's another analogy. Your picture, picture your narcissist in church or somewhere where they worship, and they may be, <laughs> you know, calling on higher power to try to do dirt. Okay, and they're angry because it ain't happening. Things ain't going their way, perhaps. So I know some of you know some narcissists who go to church on Sunday and they like a saint on Sunday, but the rest of the week they're hypocritical, so they act like the devil. I mean, you know, turning up on the devil energy, causing a lot of trouble. They're kicking it up. They're turning it up, and they're trying to level up on doing something very low. Who else but a narcissist thinks that that's natural? They don't see nothing wrong with that. But, uh, yeah, just look out for these signs and make sure that you look out after yourself and each other. And, uh, you know, other thing I want to bring to your mind is that when narcissists and cluster B personality types hit rock bottom, sometimes, you know, you're going to see one or two things. Either they're going to stay there, they're going to choose to stay there to get more supply because they think that's the way to go, or they're going to start to move up or ascend or to... Uh, operate from a higher vibration because they see the writing on the wall. They see that the way that they relate to people is problematic, and they want the help. I mean, they got. They really want. They really want it. Okay, that's a small percentage, right there, right. Uh, usually, narcissists and cluster personality types don't. They're not going to go that way. Uh, now, I'm not saying I know for certain that they that all of them will go that way, but according to my research. There's a huge percentage of cluster B personality types that will not go in that direction. You know, they will not go get the help. They will not have a support base. They will not go to a, a, a council, you know, a professional council. Um, they will not go into the dark night of the soul. They will not perform or practice shadow work. They're not going to do that because, first of all, they don't think they have a problem. Like they say, the first step to... Resolving an issue is to face that you have one. So, you know, if you're dealing with a narcissist or cluster personality type that don't even see themselves as part of the problem, well, then there you go. Once they hit rock bottom, they may not see the light. They, that may not even help them to come out of the karmic cycle. You know, so they may want more, they may crave more drama. More karma may be the result. So, who knows? But I want you to make sure that you're focused on thriving forward past narcissistic codependent relationships. There are many signs of codependency within a narcissistic relationship, but they, are, they tend to be quite subtle. 
but when narcissists and cluster B personality types have a meltdown, sometimes they will uh, look to you and other people to do what? Fix, save, and or rescue him or her. Yeah, how does that sound? Like codependency. So uh, just make sure you don't get pulled back in. Take care of yourself and each other. Until next time, remember, you are a luminous star. You have gone through quite the ordeal. So I'm pretty certain you have had some dark moments within narcissistic codependent relationships. And I'm glad that you have survived. But since you survived, now you're thriving. So make sure that you remember, you are a luminous star in your own right. When you look at a, at a star, it is in the darkness. Okay, but it's still doing what? It's still illuminating. It's still shining. Okay, take care of yourself and stay tuned for more podcasts, vlogs, and videos. Check me out on my website, luminousstar.com, where you will get online articles and you will also get updates. Okay, all right, take care. Hello stars, this is Luminous Star. Welcome to the channel. Mwah. Thank you guys and gals so much for joining me today or tonight. And of course, wherever you are, I certainly hope you're treating yourself very well. Please check that description box below for the details to today's video. And don't forget to like and or share. I certainly hope you all have been getting the book, Break Free from Narcissistic Codependent Relationships right now. That's right, right now. You don't have to wait a long time before you start seeing the effects of going either low contact or no contact. Now, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. Every circumstance and situation is different. All of us cannot just go no contact, right? Okay, now in my book, I break down five strategies that will help you break the habit of investing in narcissistic codependent relationships.
Strategy number one, remember the narcissist creates a false self-image of you. In several of my videos, I talk about this. That false self-image is designed to make sure that the narcissist gets supply from you. How do they do that? They gaslight you into believing and thinking that you are someone else that they have in their heads. As long as they have you thinking and feeling and believing that they are also someone that they're not, you know, loving, caring, kind, and actually cares about the relationship, right? As long as they have you thinking that and feeling that and you think you have a real relationship, they can keep you around long enough. Therefore, they tolerate you long enough to get the supply from you. Strategy number two, accept that you are changing. Simply put, okay, the second strategy is to help you realize that you have to take chances, okay? First, you accept that you are changing. So accepting change in order to take chances. When you take the chance to branch out, okay? Find out who you are. Find out about other people who don't have cluster personality types. Realize that not everyone has a cluster personality type, such as a narcissist, okay? A borderline personality, a histrionic personality, and an antisocial personality. But when we are bombarded with cluster personality types on the home front as well as in the workplace, it kind of gets hard to see that. <laughs> so when you accept change in order to take chances, that is very powerful because that means that you have more confidence in finding out who you are and also not only knowing yourself, but knowing other people. You're taking those baby steps. You're taking chances. You're making changes. But first you have to accept that you are changing. You're outgrowing a narcissistic codependent relationship. And you realize that this is not something that you want all your life. Strategy number three is about finding the value of detachment. A lot, especially in light of today's events. We really have to learn how to detach because the narcissist will keep you what? Depressed, in despondency, in the sunken place. They pull so many shenanigans, it ain't even funny, okay? Before you know it, you'll be looking around, right? Feeling hopeless. You're feeling sad, depressed, angry because the narcissist is engaging in all types of diabolical tactics to keep you locked in a narcissistic codependent relationship. So they can do what? Get the narcissistic supply from so you. So whenever you start to break free from narcissistic codependent relationships, expect the narcissist to turn up the volume. They're going to kick it up a notch as far as like pulling shenanigans. I know all of you probably who are watching this video, you've experienced this already. In light of everything right now, there are so many things, there are so many forces around us that are doing what? Threatening to keep us down in despondency. So when you're dealing with a narcissist or a codependent, even someone who's a cluster personality type, right? This goes double because what's going on in that relationship? What's going on in that environment? A lot of tension. So there's a lot of things going on, not only in your world, but outside in the world that's threatening to keep you down, okay? So finding the value in detachment is key. That's what's going to keep you focused on thriving forward past narcissistic codependent relationships. Not only that, this is what's going to help you to break the habit. In order to break free, you have to break some habits. Strategy number four, emotional discipline in order to manage your expectations of the narcissist, even of yourself. Okay, so how do you manage 
that relationship with the narcissist or custody personality type. If you're anything like me, okay, I remember in my past, there were so many times that I felt like I was just going bonkers dealing with a cluster personality type. Actually, in my case, several. So you have to learn how to manage your expectations. This is what's going to help you to stay focused on thriving forward because you're not expecting an apology from the narcissist or cluster personality type. You're not even desiring, okay? You don't have the desire to hurt all of their shenanigans and explanations and excuses for why they pull a shenanigans. You don't care about that anymore. Yeah, you still feel the emotions, but you're no longer expecting them to apologize. You're not expecting them to admit that they do these things. You're not expecting them to face themselves, yet alone face what's going on in the relationship with you. Right? So when you start to manage your expectations, you're starting to break free from having the habit of investing in narcissistic codependent relationships. Okay, here we go. Sign number one. When you no longer have a desire to pursue the narcissist for any reason whatsoever, whether that be for an explanation of why they treated you like they did or why they are the way they are, you no longer desire the explanation. You no longer desire to reconcile with them. You no longer desire to hear their side of the story. You no longer desire their acceptance, their validation. You're no longer seeking them out to help you gain closure. You never needed that person. We just desired the acceptance. We wanted the narcissist to really see us. We really wanted their love, respect, acceptance, so on and so on. But you don't need the narcissist to get the closure. That's what we desire. So sign number two that you're done with the narcissist is that you're no longer interested in reinvesting in a toxic relationship with the narcissist. You're not interested. You're not there. You're, you're out of here. It's like, hey, I'm packing my stuff, I'm out. Or I'm walking away, I, you know, I'm out of here, I've had it. So sign number three, that you're done, you're, you're, I mean, you're done <laughs> with the narcissist, is that you no longer make yourself emotionally available to them. Sometimes even physically, right? You're not available to them anymore. Emotional discipline is very powerful. Now, when I say emotional discipline, I don't mean to make it sound like I'm scolding anyone. This is something that I've learned. When I start to emotional, when I started to practice emotional discipline, which is also an extension of mindfulness, it was a game changer because I was no longer focused on what the narcissist or cluster personality type was doing so much so that my life was getting away from me. My energy was being drained. Okay, I stopped doing that. Emotional discipline is a real game changer. What does that do? That helps you not to become so reactionary. Okay, you take more responsibility for who you are, what you're feeling, what you're thinking. The narcissist, when they see that you're out of control, they feel that they're in control. So emotional discipline is key. Emotions are our energy in motion. When, when they're all over the place, the narcissist, they're there to catch it. You want to remain in control. You don't want to be out of control. Okay, especially when it comes to your mind and to your heart, your spirit, your essence, your life. 
okay? And I don't want to leave out finances because narcissists and custody personality types, some of them, they will take control even of your finances. The fifth strategy in my book, I talk about how to become a master alchemist or just realizing that you are becoming a master alchemist because you're changing, you're outgrowing that narcissistic codependent relationship. So again, you're already transitioning. Once you accept that, you face that, what was I talking about? Taking risks, taking chances. You're able, you're more confident to take those chances. Take a step, take a few steps actually, and realize that narcissistic codependent relationships are not a part of your plight. They're not a part of your purpose. Are you here to just be narcissistic food? I hope you don't think so. By becoming your own master alchemist, simply put, master yourself. Know thyself, okay? This is one of the things that I found out about myself. I'm here to master myself. I'm here to know myself a lot better. Who wouldn't want to do that? Okay, well, okay, maybe some people wouldn't want to. <laughs> some people are afraid to face themselves, right? But anyway, once you accept that you can become your own master alchemist, yes, you can really take off. You can take some things to the next level. You don't wait for the narcissist to take you to the next level. You're doing it for yourself because why? You're building your own support base. You're navigating your support base. You get to say who's a part of your support base. And I certainly hope you don't think the narcissist is supposed to be a part of your support base because they are only there to tear that down like they want to tear you down. Okay, right now, in light of everything, again, we're all pretty much feeling the pressure. Okay, we're feeling some kind of way right now. Yeah, when you're living with a narcissist or custody personality type, that threat of despondency or keeping you in the sunken place goes double. A lot of you who have been watching me for a while, you already know that I like to share tips, tools, guidelines on how to deal or manage your life regardless of narcissistic codependent relationships. So in my book, I certainly hope you all enjoy, you get that, and you you know, you just keep it. <laughs> Maybe even tuck it up under your pillow at night. Because again, they say it takes 90 days to break a habit. So once you start to break free, right? That means you're breaking certain habits, okay? Because it's a habit. Just think about the grooming process. The narcissist and cluster personality type, they have to groom you. They have to manipulate you in order to get you to stay in that relationship. It becomes habitual because it's so highly addictive. Just think about um, maybe you're addicted to chocolate, right? I know I love chocolate, especially dark chocolate. I haven't given that one up yet, right? But just think about any habit that you have. What was the origin of that habit? You had to do something repetitiously. Same thing with the narcissistic codependent relationship. When they start grooming you, it is in repetition. They keep applying certain steps over and over again, such as the gaslighting technique. This works havoc on your mind, okay? And before you know it, your heart, yeah, you're hurting. So this is habitual, it's highly addictive. Narcissistic codependent relationships are designed to be highly addictive. Some people, they start acting like they have an a, a obsessive personality, and they really don't because this, again, is habitual. The narcissistic codependent relationship, before you know it, you're accustomed to it, therefore, it's a habit. So breaking the habit of narcissistic codependent relationships now is a sign that you are breaking free of narcissistic codependent relationships. Right now, in light of everything, our mental and emotional health is even more important. 
Okay, so you want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. All right, so take care of yourself, and I wish everybody the absolute best. And don't forget, you are also a luminous star. It is within the darkness that we have the most opportunity to become illuminated from within. When you look at stars in the sky, right, where are they? They're in the darkness. They serve a function. So remember, you are also a luminous star. Now, I'm dressed down today. You know, I went out this morning. The sun is out. So I'm about to go back out again. And uh, again, you know, when, I, when you get out in nature, just that's part of taking care of yourself. I'm not, again, I'm not telling you all that you have to do this, but this is something that I do to wind down sometimes. This is also what helps me to stay focused. Okay, now I decided not to do the tools today because those strategies were, okay, like the tools, right? <laughs> so I certainly hope you all enjoyed this video. And again, take care of yourself. You know, just, just a lot going on right now, right? Yeah, I know. But take care of yourself. Stay healthy. Stay focused. Until next time, remember, you are a luminous star. Mwah! Welcome to another vlog day. Mwah. My stars, thank you so much for joining me today and I certainly hope that you are doing well today or tonight, wherever you may be. Signs that you're dealing with a flying monkey. These particular signs are very subtle or they're not very clear until you're actually experiencing them and sometimes not until after your relationship with a narcissist is over. Your overall process for thriving forward is compromised when you have flying monkeys around. Some people may be wondering, well, why would the flying monkey even agree to do the dirty work to hoover you back in? All right, well, this is because they have something called resonance or they vibe. See, narcissists and some personality types, they choose flying monkeys that they have resonance with because they're more prone, okay? And they're more open to do the dirty work. Because narcissists and some cluster personality types, as a lot of us know from experience, they study people. So they know the vices, they know the characteristics of the flying monkey or the enabler. But since we're talking about the flying monkey here, I'm going to focus on them in this vlog. Flying monkeys expect to be supplied by the narcissist. They work for the narcissist. Look at it like this. When you go to your job, when it's time to get your pay, who signs your paycheck? The narcissist is the one that signs the paycheck of the flying monkey. So when it's time to be supplied, they're not gonna come to you, they're gonna go to the narcissist. So when it's time for them to get the payment, they're not gonna check for you. They're gonna go for the narcissist and say, hey, where's my pay? Flying monkeys do not hoover for free. Flying monkeys and narcissists, they have resonance. In other words, they vibe. They're pretty much on the same page. What some flying monkeys don't realize is that after you have been hoovered back in, they have done all that dirty work and they go to the narcissist expecting to supply or the pay, 
that's when the narcissist pulls the rug out from under him or her and they're saying your services are no longer needed. See, when flying monkeys are discarded, this is something that sometimes it even takes them by surprise. Sometimes, because they have a hidden agenda, it is the flying monkey that instigates your getting hoovered back in. Sometimes they facilitate your getting hoovered, while the narcissist is often the one that conducts the whole shenanigan. The flying monkey may be a family member of yours. One of their hidden agendas is to get you Hoover back in so they are in favor of the narcissist. Flying monkeys sometimes make the mistake of thinking when they are highly favored, that means that they are excluded from being discarded. That's not true. Narcissists often discard the flying monkey after you get Hoover back in. Sign number one that you're dealing with a flying monkey is that the flying monkey will often try to connect you to the narcissist after you've gone no contact. In other words, they try to make a connection where there isn't a connection. A flying monkey will remind you of a special date or special dates to the narcissist or dates that are special to the narcissist, such as their anniversary, the birthday, okay, or any other special date that they may have, flying monkeys will often remind you to celebrate that date. You've, no, you've gone no contact. You don't have a relationship with the narcissist anymore. And this is what the flying monkey knows. But again, they have a hidden agenda to get you hoovered back in. So in order to do that, they have to get you to focus on the narcissist. Don't be surprised when the flying monkey starts to whisper in your ear and remind you to or make some suggestions of what you may do for the narcissist on their special day, such as their birthday. They may even suggest that you get the narcissist a present. I know sometimes flying monkeys can have a lot of nerve and audacity because they're trying to get you to focus on the narcissist. And if you keep on focusing on the narcissist, you may even think it's not such a bad idea to reinvest in him or her. Flying monkeys often hoover you back in because they have a hidden agenda. This is something, the reason why I keep repeating this is this is something that we often overlook when we're dealing with flying monkeys. Sometimes we don't even know that the flying monkey is hoovering us back in, but it's a one-two punch to the hoovering process. It is the hoover before the hoover. This can never be accomplished without a flying monkey. And this is what a lot of narcissists have come to realize. See, by the time a lot of us are hoovered back in, we don't even realize the first step to the hoovering process. Sometimes we never realize it. The first sucker punch is when they are brought up in conversation. Flying monkeys will bring the narcissists up in conversation. Second sucker punch is when they have actually hoovered you back in because now you're actually in the relationship. You're in the codependent narcissistic relationship again. So watch out for this. Remember, the hoovering process cannot be actually done without the assistance of a flying monkey. Sign number two that you're dealing with a flying monkey is that they actually remind you of your narcissist. They remind you of a particular cluster personality type. Now you've gone no contact. You can see things a little bit more clearly. Now that you're low contact, you may be able to see things a little bit more clearly. But the bottom line is this, when that flying monkey is around, or it could be several of them, you may even think to yourself, wow, if I didn't know any better, 
you know, you're just like so-and-so and you're thinking about the narcissist. So narcissists and flying monkeys often have similar vices and they often have similar characteristics. And sometimes their hidden agendas to get you Hoover back in are not so similar. But sign number two again is when that flying monkey reminds you too much of the narcissist. So it's a little bit too close for comfort. See, flying monkeys and narcissists are not twins. They're more like first cousins because they have a hidden agenda that may not be similar, but their characteristics often are. When the flying monkey gets your hoover back in, sometimes the triangulation is set in place. The narcissist, again, the narcissist is the one that conducts the whole shenanigan of the hoovering process while the flying monkey facilitates it or they instigate it. This again has everything to do with their hidden agendas to get you who were back in. So the flying monkey and the narcissist and there you are, there's a triangulation going on. The biggest piece of that triangulation pie goes to the narcissist, never to the flying monkey. The triangulation is set into play until the narcissist decides to discard of the flying monkey, if they do so. Sometimes the flying monkey gets to stick around for a long time. The flying monkey expects supply from the narcissist, while the narcissist expects supply from you after you're hoovered back in. Sign number three that you are dealing with a flying monkey is that you get a sense of, or you discover that you have been betrayed not only by the flying monkey, but by the narcissist. But this is what's very interesting. You've been betrayed by the narcissist, but because the flying monkey has been whispering in your ear about the narcissist, now you're nostalgic. You're all giddy and gushy <laughs> over the narcissist again. So whatever they've done, including betraying you, gets put in the back burner or put on the back burner. It fades into the background. You decide that the flying monkey now has taken the place of the narcissist. Very creepy when you think about it. But the flying monkey is the one that you now realize has betrayed you. The flying monkey works for the narcissist. So everything you share with the flying monkey goes right to the narcissist. And the narcissist uses that against you. When you give full detail of everything that's going on in your life, what you're feeling about what's going on in your life, such as getting fired, such as not getting that promotion on the job. See, you're feeling and thinking a certain way and you may confide in the flying monkey. The flying monkey does all of this in hopes to be highly regarded or in favor of your narcissist. One of the things that flying monkeys and narcissists have in common is that they will try to gain at other people's expenses. So a flying monkey, once you find out that they have betrayed you, you get that sense of being violated because the flying monkey actually did gain at your expense. So when you put all this in context, yeah, you find out that the flying monkey actually did gain something at your expense. They're trying to stay in favor of the narcissist at your expense. And sometimes they pull it off. So watch out for these signs because again, like I mentioned, they can be very subtle and sometimes they can cause a lot of grief, if not trauma later down the line. Cause you got to think about, you got more than one person trying to hoover you back in, trying to get you into a very negative situation. 
The flying monkey can also betray you because they know that you have gotten out of a bad situation, but they want you back in the bad situation because they want favor. Okay, so it's just like they see you have come up out of some quicksand. The, the flying monkey saw that you were about to drown. You were about to go up under, but you were saved. So you come up out the quicksand and the flying monkey watching it all. So the flying monkey tries to get you back in the quicksand. That's why some of us find out that it is the flying monkey that has also betrayed us, not just the narcissist. Tool number one, focus on your goals. What are your priorities? So prioritize your life, prioritize your values, prioritize your principles. So focus on your ambitions, your passions. Okay, what makes you smile? What makes you laugh? What makes you really feel like getting up out of bed and going after what you want in life? Focus on what it's going to take in order for you to thrive, pass, codependent, narcissistic relationships. Tool number two, build your support base. Navigate it like a boss. You get to decide who and what consists of your support base. It's a good idea to expect support. Don't, you know, you don't have to go around thinking you're never going to get support. See, narcissists want you to think that your life is just hopeless. You're hopeless. You don't count. No, expect support. Expect to be treated well. The narcissist has already shown you that he or she doesn't have the capacity to treat you well, okay? They don't support you. So don't think that this is gonna always be your life, okay? So I feel compassion for people when they tell me that, hey, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can do such and such. Well, especially when I know they have a cluster of personality type in their life. As you thrive forward past codependent narcissistic relationships, expect to be supported in your efforts to do so. Tool number three, take time out to restore your health, your mind, you know, restore your overall well-being. You've gone through something. Codependent narcissistic relationships are designed to destroy, to damage. Your overall well-being, your health is compromised every time you're in a relationship. Well, because the personality type, such as a narcissist, take some time out for yourself. You're going to need it. You need a safe environment to express what you have gone through. Sometimes we give anger a bad rap. You got to go ahead and tap into that anger. The anger is only an expression of an injustice. That's all it is. Sometimes people misuse their anger. I get it. But because you've gone through this ordeal called a codependent narcissistic relationship, you have to express what you've gone through. Don't suppress your anger because suppressing your anger will cause health problems. It will even cause you other relationships. It will cost you good relationships. That's what you want, right? Positive relationships. Take time out to restore your spirit, your mind, your overall well-being. Okay, it's worth it. Invest in yourself for a change. I certainly hope everyone has enjoyed this vlog. Please check the description box below. Post your comments. Don't forget to like and or share this vlog. I'm Luminous Star. Until next time, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself because the codependent narcissistic relationship, again, it is not something that's going to edify you. It's not going to elevate you. It's not going to help you thrive forward. It tends to keep people in the sunken place. It's like the stronghold that pulls you down. 
All right, so I wish everyone the best on their efforts to continue to thrive forward. And of course, keep sharing your stories. You never know who you will inspire by sharing your stories. Until next time, take care. Mwah. Hi, this is Cassandra from the Luminous Star Channel. I certainly hope you are doing well, and I hope you're taking care of yourself and each other. I want to talk to you about flying monkeys and when they start to throw monkey wrenches in your life, and yeah, it can cause damage, okay? It can cause several types of damages, anywhere from trauma to financial debt, okay? Now, my very first job after I got out of the military was at the Pentagon. And I saw some people's careers ruined for sport. Okay, so I've seen plenty of narcissistic uh, personality types in my career. Okay, I've worked blue collar, I've worked white collar, and I've been in the military. Okay, but I'm not going to get all into that, but I will let you know that on a personal level, as well as a professional level, I have experienced narcissism. Okay, yeah, <laughs> ouch. But, um, the monkey wrenches that are being thrown are rarely seen in the boomerang effect, especially when it pertains to flying monkeys. They don't see it coming. And how does that look when the narcissist is done with them after they pull the rug out from up under them, after they've done the dirty deed, such as hoovering you back in, or if it's a professional level, causing you to lose money or lose a job or don't get the promotion, okay? They sabotage your efforts, maybe in your personal life, of thriving forward. Maybe you have a support base, and they're trying to dismantle it. Because the narcissist perhaps knows that you're not going to deal with him or her directly. So when the boomerang effect comes back around, okay, flying monkeys then want to cry wolf. Imagine that, a monkey crying wolf, <laughs> right? <laughs> but anyway... Narcissists and cluster personality types, they function more like first cousins, not like twins. And that's because the vices that they have are similar. Yeah, there's your twin. But when it comes down to them throwing monkey wrenches or hoovering you back in and trying to dismantle whatever you got going on in your life, they function like first cousins because their motives are different. See, everybody has a reason for hoovering you back in. Everybody has a reason for dismantling any of your efforts or sabotaging any of your efforts to thrive forward. Okay? But I'm not telling you all this to put you down or get you down. No, no. I've been through this. I'm letting you know that when the monkey wrenches go back into the boomerang effect, that means that the flying monkeys and the narcissists both are getting whatever they sent out to you returned to sender. Okay, so when they start throwing out the monkey wrenches and the bad karma and the bad energy and all the bad spirit that's tacked on to it to cause your damage, well, it gets turned, returned back to sender when that boomerang or when that wrench goes into the boomerang effect. 
Just let that be full for thought. Let that just soothe and calm your energy and your spirit right now. Just take a breath, okay? Breathe in and breathe out. Okay? Just get a sacred space. Take care of yourself. And just try not to focus so much on how they're trying to keep you off your square. Okay? Stay on point. Stay on your square. By making it a point. By focusing on what you need to do to thrive forward. Okay? Flying monkeys and narcissists, see, they rarely look at the cost of what they do. They're too busy salivating on the rewards of what they think they're going to get by turning your life apart. Okay, so, uh, you know, I shared a few tools in the article with you, and I certainly hope this entire message is food for thought for you and also bringing, uh, you know, your, your spirit to feel soothing or in, in calm and you know I just certainly hope this is good for your spirit all right go ahead and um, yeah I want to challenge you to jot down those uh, tools that I have there for you and perhaps jot them down in your journal okay or uh, record them but when flying monkeys throw the monkey wrenches no it's very rare that they consider the damages that it can cause and they rarely see the boomerang effect that's sure to come. I'm Luminous Star, and remember, you are too. Take care of yourself and each other.